Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to part two of this week's Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pits two movies with something in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. On Monday's episode, we met the big screen Adams Family, which means with introductions out of the way from 1993, it's time to evaluate the Adams Family values. And then Mommy kissed Daddy, and the angel told the stork, and the stork flew down from heaven and left a diamond under a leaf in the cabbage patch, and the diamond turned into a baby. Our parents are having a baby, too. They had sex. So which film will be just the right amount of creepy and kooky, and which will be too mysterious and spooky? We'll have a winner at the end of the show, so let's get it on. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken! Hello, Clash Butters. Don't we wish they would just die? I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. And welcome to part two of this week's final... Oh, I was going to say final Clash Wing countdown because someone didn't change their script. <laughs> say Ron Burgundy. I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. You know. You clearly know. I know. Uh, welcome. Welcome to just this regular part two of a Clash of the Titles show. Yeah, it's, the Guy Fawkes. It's, it's November. November. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Sure. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, before we get into Adam's family values, it's time for a dip into the regular digital mailbag and a weekly review from one of you. And thank you again to all of those of you who take the time to review the show wherever you do that. It's hugely appreciated. Take it away, Chris Tilly, a.k.a. Chris Thrilly. You didn't read one out while I was away about weird science, did you? I listened. I don't think you did. Yeah. 
I don't remember. We did, about the guy who was like, are they on drugs? Yeah. Yeah, no, that one's definitely been read. Okay, and that is from Alan Tazzy, who gives us five stars. Thank you, Alan Tazzy. Yeah, and if you want to hear that review in full, do check out our Weird Science episode where it's read. No, actually, it's not the Weird Science episode, it's the week after. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Chris was away, so that's why he doesn't know. I did listen to it, though. (laughs) You got another one? Any more? Uh, Do you want another one? I mean, only if you've got your laptop there, you see them all set up. There's a very very short one. The internet's great here. There's a very short one. Um, I think it's someone rewriting a previous review. Mm. I think that's what happens. I think you can update your reviews. You can. But anyway, they have written... Uh, where is it? Uh, from Kate, uh, comma, it's short for Bob. Yep. Five stars are still love you, but stop getting Alan wrong. <laughs> That's you. Like you're the only person who quotes Alan Partridge on this show. So you must have got some Alan Partridge wrong. I need more information, Kate, short for Bob. <laughs> Kate, short for Bob. Do get in touch because... Or just update your review again. Yeah. <laughs> Anything to haul Chris over the coals about Alan Partridge because he knows. He knows. I am. Mm, you are. That story always tickles me. That story the brandy of story. him going up to the loft with a <laughs> bottle of brandy and the Alan Partridge podcast on his own on New Year's <laughs> Eve, drinking the brandy, listening to the Partridge pod. And going, you're just so right, but he's just so right. It's not that far off the truth. And it was, and it was my best New Year's Eve ever. <laughs> but I was with Stuart Arnold. Hi, Stu. Uh, Never listens. Hi, Stu. Oh. Bye, Stu. <laughs> right then, let's do this. On Monday, Chris guided us through the lack of plot in the Adams family <laughs> and if it ain't broke, etc. as it's a case of business as unusual in Adams family values. Let me take you on a journey. Sex is a weapon which, when deployed accurately at the right target, can render them unable to fight back. That's what Uncle Fester discovers when he falls into that familiar celebrity trap of sleeping with the nanny. Except this nanny is less nanny and more serial killer, the Black Widow, who traps wealthy men, marries them, then murders them. If only Whip Smart Wednesday was around to foil her dastardly plan, but no, the Widow has had her and Pugsley shipped off to Camp Chippewa to undergo a horror of their own. Escaping camp Wednesday and Pugsley get home just in time to be electrocuted, which seems like a pointless threat, as I'm sure over the last two movies we've already (laughs) seen all the family undergo similar punishments, including electrocution and survive. Nevertheless, pubert to the rescue. (laughs) Debbie dies, and we're left with one of the most affecting lines of both movies. As Joel says to Wednesday, your family is really interesting. Your parents are so involved with each other. To be discussed, as for your consideration, Adam's family values. Uh, So, histories with this bloody movie, Chris. I can't remember. No, me I mean, neither. yeah, I mean, I saw it at the cinema and thought it was quite funny. I never really thought to revisit it. I was quite surprised 10, 15 years ago when I started reading, reading about it being such a big cult movie mm. and that people loved this film quite as much as they did because I just remember really liking both movies when I saw them. Okay. That is my history with Adam's Family Values. Okay, Victoria. It's the same. I over the I haven't revisited either of them really, and so I've got the two of them conflated. And I'm, and there are so many similarities about you, like you said before, the stage play and Morticia going back to a house to sort of you know mm. sort out the imposter storyline thing. What I can't believe now, I would have gone to the cinema to see this with my parents because that's what we did the first time round, and all the sex talk. I can't believe I, 
it's just such a weird feeling that that I don't remember being embarrassed, but so I mustn't have been embarrassed. So why is that? Was I too young to get it, or were my family like really cool and we'd done all that by then? Sex I don't talk. Know. Do you mean like when Fester and Debbie and he <clears throat> it's talking about virginity and he's a virgin? Yeah, I mean they expressly say I'm a virgin, so am I, mm. and I must have known what that is. I don't. I just but can't I think, remember. I think we were at an age where it was like virgin. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but funny. then why are we laughing at that? Because we're laughing because it's like oh, it's good to not be a virgin. But I would have been. 12, 11, yeah. so no. I was going to say, I would have seen this, I realise now I would have seen this with my friends rather than my parents because yeah. I was 15 by this time. Okay. And so, yeah, I wouldn't have had the embarrassment yeah, factor going on. Yeah, I just on. wasn't embarrassed. So I tell you what, it wouldn't have, my family, it's not that we didn't talk about our feelings. So I don't think it would have been that we'd done the sex chat and there was nothing to be embarrassed about. I just wouldn't have had a fucking clue. I will say that the fact that you, there are such similarities between these films... It's quite fun because I was watching the first movie and I swore the fish out of water stuff when they're in the motel was from this movie. Yep. And so it's always a nice surprise. For a movie that feels so familiar, I'm like, oh, that's mm. in this movie. Yeah. I was getting worried I'd get them confused doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've seen this movie probably as many times over the years as the first movie. And yeah, I get them kind of confused, as I just said. But this this movie, I don't know. I always remember this for the Camp Chippewa stuff. Mm-hmm. Sure. And how good that was. And I remember that the first time no, I watched I, it. No, I could remember the camp stuff and uh, the nanny in the tight outfit with big boobs. <laughs> Joan Cusack being a freaking legend. Mm. We'll talk about that. Let me tell you a bit about this movie. So it's written by Paul Rudnick, who, as we talked about on Monday, did loads of rewrites on Caroline Thompson and Larry Wilson's script for the first film without getting any credit. So here, it's all him. And personally speaking, bar some things to talk about, I think it's better for it script-wise. Angelica Houston says in her memoir, uh, talking about this movie, her memoir's called Watch Me. Uh, The family values in the film's title is a tongue-in-cheek reference to the 1992 speech by Dan Quayle, the then presidential candidate, whose name I remember because I always found the name Dan Quayle quite funny. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he basically said in this controversial speech, he blamed the 1992 Los Angeles riots on a breakdown of, in inverted commas, family values. Yeah, his big thing was, uh, I think he even mentioned it in that speech, was um, at the time on the TV, uh, Murphy Brown, who was this great feminist character in her sitcom of the same name, um, uh, had a child out of wedlock. Mm. And so he said, I don't, he, he acknowledged that he didn't watch the show, but he thought that this was just a terrible thing to be promoting on television. And then straight after that, George Bush had that famous quote where he said he wants the American family to be more like the Waltons and less like the Simpsons, Mm -hmm. which the Simpsons got so much uh, value out of over the years. It's one of the best episodes (laughs) where George Bush moves over the road. It's brilliant. They go to war with each other. Yeah. And I think I I read somewhere one of the Simpsons writers, uh, when there was some accusations made uh, against George Bush about sexual impropriety, said, I think George Bush should act more like the Waltons and less like the Simpsons. (laughs) 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 Uh, so a little bit on casting it'll be very short Um, (laughs) all of the main Adams family members return for the sequel except uh, for Judith Molina so Grandmama is replaced in this movie by Carol Kane the only thing I could find about why she was replaced was the role was becoming more and more demanding physically and so she was getting on and she didn't want to do it anymore replace her with a great Comedy oh, actor, haven't yeah. they? Who we obviously oh. we talked about a couple of Christmases ago, Scrooge, didn't we? Yeah, so good in Scrooge. She's, that's, she's the best ghost in Scrooge. Yes, she's so good in that movie. A toaster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, there was talk of Kathleen Turner being uh, suggested and maybe in talks for the role of Debbie Jelinski. Oh right. No, I could see it. Yeah. 
couldn't you? Yes. Absolutely. But no, uh, Joan Cusack uh, landed the part of Debbie Jelinski. Uh, other than that, it's it's. I mean, the main thing is it really, you know, this was the end of the Adams Family on the big screen. I mean, obviously, you know, we'll get on to the fact that sadly Raul Julia passed away uh, after filming this movie, so he would never have been able to play Gomez again. This being the, the last movie that was released in his lifetime, Street Fighter was obviously a movie we talked about at length on the Street Fighter episode, and that was a posthumous release, so he'd already passed at that point. But also, it just did not do as well. Uh, so the budget was $17 million more, and it made almost $100 million less. Uh, Barry Sonnenfeld puts this down to the fact that, because he says the first film is more romantic, and the second film, in his opinion, is funnier. But the part of the reason, because we championed marketing on Monday, mm-hmm. boo marketing. <laughs> Bad marketing. Boo marketing today. <laughs> he said the marketing basically didn't suggest there was going to be any value added in going to see this sequel. He was pushing for pubert mm. to be all over the marketing because that was the new thing, a baby being in the family. And uh, instead, it was all about, hey, we're back with the original Adams Family from the first movie. So people just didn't turn out. They felt they'd seen it. They felt they'd heard all the gags. Some of the funniest moments in this film are just shots of Puba in various different outfits and get-ups and (laughs) facial hair and hair on his head. And so those are perfect for a trailer. You just have a bunch of them in. I want to see that film, a baby in a Hannibal Lecter mask, (laughs) a baby with a moustache. Brilliant. Sign me up. A hundred percent. And I mean, he acknowledges, he says, people love it more, uh, as much or more than the first one. So he was really disappointed that this didn't do the business. Um, we were talking about this on the walk in. Michael Jackson did a song for it. Uh, various different names it comes under. The one I think I read was called Family Thing. Uh, what's it called? Yeah, Family Thing. Uh, you can find so you listen to you. you, yeah. you a version of it's been re- was released on an album, um, and it was called "Is It Scary?" Was the right. song? It's quite good. It's quite good. But they shot a video uh, for this. Yeah, I heard. I've got the stuff about the video. Yeah. So I mean, but right. Well, let's get into this. So basically, there are two conflicting stories, or maybe the stories are linked. But obviously, allegations came out about Michael Jackson abuse allegations um, around the time, the same year that this movie was coming out. So there's one story that is paramount going, we couldn't work out a contract with Michael. It seems kind of hard to believe that he would have been involved in the recording of a song for it if you weren't sure you were going to be able to work at the contract. Mm-hmm. So then there's the allegations uh, that came out, and so they pulled him from it. It's the other thing. Um, the one thing that I got is the quote from Paul Rudnick, uh, the writer about this, who says, I think he completed the video for it, but it was just a little too risky to include it in the final movie at that point. I think it involved him living in the Adams family mansion and all his neighbours storming the place with pitchforks and torches, so it was a little too close. Right. It's a bit on the nose. <laughs> mm. The one thing I can't work out is how do you know? There's a Michael Jackson joke in the Camp Chippewa. Yeah, I don't get moment. it. So, is, was that written in when he was still involved? And if so, was he cool with them going? He's terrifying. Yeah. Or would they have gone? Oh, these allegations have come out. Here's a Michael Jackson joke. Yeah, to to put real distance between <laughs> I don't us. Know. I don't know because don't they? Don't they? Isn't there Michael Jackson jokes in Men in Black as well? Not long after this, well, in he's terms of- in Men in Black. He plays an alien on the screen that appears at MIB headquarters. Yeah, but it's just it's it's not him acting in it, is it? It's 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 them saying the celebrities that are aliens and he's he's I one of them. I think it's 
Yeah, but isn't it? I thought I was thought it was him. Oh, okay. It? Well, then I guess Sonnenfeld figured it out and worked with him soon after. Either way, uh, Michael Jackson is not on the soundtrack, and more's the shame because if you listen to the song, you've got you heard it on an album. There's a leaked version on YouTube. It's better than what they ended up with. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, so, aside from that, uh, shall we just talk about this movie? Well, I was just going to say a couple of things. I mean, I just th- it's this sad story of Barry Sonnenfeld, the fact that he had a choice between this and another film because he got sent the script for Forrest Gump. Oh. <laughs> um, and he, he told them, I like it, but let's change the main character from a big fat guy that's a, uh, a really big running back to a thin guy that runs all the time and I'll send it to Tom Hanks because I've shot big with him. Mm. So that's how it got going. He said, I had a choice between Forrest Gump or going back to the very first thing I'd ever directed. And now he throws someone else under the bus. He says, I was working with Michael J. Fox at the time. And I said, what shall I do? And Michael said, you set the table with Adam's family. Now you've got to go have dinner. <laughs> so it's Michael Jackson's fault that Barry Sonnenfeld... Wait, Michael J. Fox? Sorry, Michael J. Fox. Okay. So had a flop with uh, Adam's family values when he could have done Forrest Gump. Wow. And he didn't watch it for years. He, he said it took him years to watch it. I saw the movie. Only then uh, could the healing begin. Um, it's not the movie I would have made. Maybe mine would have been worse. Maybe it would have been better. <laughs> it definitely would have been shorter. <laughs> 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 and um, just one last thing. I, I mentioned on Monday that Stanley Jaffe didn't find this funny, didn't find Adam's funny, funny. Um, Barry Sonnenfeld apparently had it written into his contract that uh, when he was watching um, early cuts of the film, Stanley Jaffe had to watch them with his wife uh, because he had no sense of humour and she did. Wow. (laughs) That's fascinating. So she'd laugh and then he'd laugh because she was having a good time and he felt relaxed and comfortable. Or or maybe he wouldn't laugh. He would just know what was funny based on his wife. (laughs) It's fascinating. There's a massive theory. Well, not a massive theory. There was a theory for a while. Um, I read this in a book. Uh, a real book. A book. Boy, <laughs> read a book. Oh, easy, about, Albert Einstein. About why uh, female female stand-up struggled uh, was because um, uh, girls uh, would be less likely to laugh at them, and so because they were less likely, mm. because if they laughed at uh, if their boyfriends laughed at a female stand-up, girls might feel threatened by the fact that the boy was finding a, a woman on stage funny, and so if it was a female stand-up who was sort of making fun of being female, yeah then the girls would laugh because it's sort of like this sort of sisterhood, which is why yeah. the material... is all about off, periods. Right, exactly, yeah. because then the boy... Because the boys wouldn't laugh because they didn't want to fit, make their girlfriend feel like I'm laughing at another woman. It's this mad theory. Yeah, there was something I read in our book about, which I'll send you because you'll like it, about why humour, why we are attracted to people who seem to share a sense of humour and what's the point of that? Because as you imagine cave people figuring this stuff out, did they crack jokes? And mm. there's this theory that they did do sort of very rudimentary, not pranks or anything, like that but like trying to when you when you think someone has the same sense of humour as you very broadly you think you see the world in the same way and so you think okay there's a kinship there and then it can sort of tip up that's why you get like in movies sometimes if we're showing a couple that you know they're wrong for each other they're right for each other it's based in comedy because we get that as an audience we're like oh you two are perfect for each other because you understand the same jokes and the book was about why is that even a thing it's really interesting Mm. I don't think I read a whole book. It's like, that's a lie. I think it was an article. Okay. Oh, that's already more attractive to me because as I've just said, I've just read yeah. a book. I definitely. I don't even know why I said that. Mm. It wasn't a whole book. Great. It was a long article. I'm in. Oh, wait, long. How long? <laughs> right. Uh, any more for any more, Christopher? Nope. Let's do this. So we start with Fester howling at the moon. Oh, what an image. It's yeah. great. And then Morticia says, I'm so excited about this. So Fester's howling at the moon and then Morticia says, marvellous news. I'm going to have a baby. 
right now. Mm. Is that a record for setting up the two plot strands <laughs> in your movie in, in, <laughs> in the fastest time? That is less than a minute to go. Fester's lonely. They're having a baby. Yeah, yeah that's impressive. A yeah. and B plot in less <gasps> than sixty fucking seconds. That's great. <laughs> Madness! Yeah, that's really good, actually. Yeah, it's a very good point. It's so it fast. is a good point. Yeah, You're like, got it. I'm in. That's everything. And and we've got the theme tune in between those two yes. thirty seconds yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on the organ with Lurch. Thank God. Oh, yeah, I was I was over the moon. I was like, oh, this is amazing. Uh, so then, uh, Morticia gives birth. Niles from Frasier, uh, one of many cameos in yes. this movie. David Hyde Pierce. Well, it's not a cameo, is it? <laughs> it's an actor who wasn't famous, famous <laughs> getting a non-speaking role. Pretty Wait, much. Was Fraser not? No, Fraser wasn't. I don't was think it? so. No, no I, right. I had to go back and watch it to make sure it was him. Yeah. That was definitely one of those where it's in the it's in the cast list here, but I did not clock that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, someone needs to alter the Wikipedia then because it goes cameos by. <laughs> Someone's like, I'm a big. Fraser yeah, fan. No, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think Nathan no. Lane was as famous as. But um, that birth scene, uh, they had to film her standing up because they wanted to keep her look perfect. Yeah, she's lying down. The hair's gonna, yeah. yeah, so funny. <laughs> uh, so, gives birth. Uh, we get some great baby-related visual gags uh, throughout this. Uh, you mm. just mentioned some that should have been featured in the trailer. The terrifying teddy bear is the first great it's one. Such a good teddy bear. <laughs> I Fantastic. love it when they're sitting with the kids and they go on as their daddy's like, "Why do you hate the baby?" It's like, <laughs> such a good line because that chat, all that stuff about displacement, actually, and you know, kids feeling pushed out, and then Wednesday leaning into that with their brother and going, "One of us has to die." It's all like real things that are, you would recognise in a family, but no one would say to the kids, "Why do you hate the baby?" That's so brilliant. <laughs> uh, in fairness, they have just in another great visual gag dropped the baby off the roof of the building, <laughs> and Gomez by accident catches it, yeah. which leads him to go. Children, why do you hate the baby? <laughs> the, the knives suspended above the crib. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> the mobile of knives, yeah. Uh, Fester reading a book. Strange men and the women who avoid them. <laughs> uh, all this is quite quick fire until we get our first meatier, longer form gag, which it's just, it's just brilliant. Sending the baby dressed as Marie Antoinette to the guillotine. <laughs> <laughs> I I still cannot tell you why Wednesday's delivery of the line Woe to the Republic <laughs> it gets me every time. It's brilliant. And that and the tiny hand stopping the guillotine. It's oh yeah. So I like adorable. that. But then it un- cause so can, can Pubert not die? Is that the thing? Why can his tiny hand stop the guillotine? Log- come on, it logic. No, no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but then later oh yeah, it doesn't matter, you're right. But then it was like, Oh, he was never under threat. Like if they dropped him off the building and his dad hadn't caught him, maybe he would have bounced like they said. I don't know. But fine. Sorry, I don't know what I'm you're, t- I don't know what you're talking matter. about. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's just, don't a- try any of this. <laughs> I only have one. I think, I'm just checking. One more bit left. <laughs> no, they were all right. I thought you were going to say, have you, they're not cats. I thought, I've only got one more life left on one of the twins. <laughs> I used up eight and now I've got one. So I won't do the Mary Antoinette sketch with Mark this evening that we've been working on. A whole play. Yeah. Uh, so I love that. Um the auditioning of the nannies mm. is good. Uh, not a cameo, but uh, did you recognise the first one? Hippy dippy environmentalist. Cynthia Nixon. Cynthia Nixon then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it is cameo. of its time though, which is like, kids, we're going to talk about the environment. Mm. And you're supposed to think, what a dweeb, rather than <laughs> where we are now. It is quite dweeby. <laughs> She'd obviously go on to star in... <laughs> are you joking? <laughs> I've only ever seen one episode. Okay. Of... <laughs> The, the the girls thing Seinfeld 
Frasier. She's in Sex and the City everywhere. Or is it Sex and the City? Oh, it's Sex and the City. No, what? it's Sex in the City. Is it? Wait, I never... I didn't, <laughs> Why I didn't, have you done this? I didn't love it. I only saw one episode, so I... Don't... It's not my cup of tea. The one episode I saw which put me off ever watching it again was horrible. It was so dark, because I thought it was a comedy, and I started watching it, and the actress who played... Uh, Kim Cattrall? No, she's not one of the main cast. She was in Third oh Rock God. from the Sun. Uh, oh. His lieutenant. Christina. In, in, oh, Kristen. Kristen. Kristen something. Fuck. Anyway. Uh. So, I'm watching this episode, and I'm led to believe it's a comedy. It's sort of light-hearted, maybe a little bit raunchy, because it's got <laughs> sex in the title. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... She does cocaine in the toilet of a skyscraper at a party, falls out of the window and dies. Right. How is that funny? I don't know. It wasn't my cup of tea, right, like I fine. say. So. That's more the and the city. It's sex and the city. It's is one it? of those. It's one of those Mandela effect things yeah. where we all think it's sex in the city, but it was sex and the city. Okay. okay. So it was either sexy or people being killed in the city <laughs> in horrible ways. Sorry, com- killed and the city. I mean, to be fair, it was a comedy drama. Oh, okay. I didn't like that episode. So that's my review. <laughs> Uh, am I late to the party? <laughs> so, uh, in walks Joan Cusack as Debbie Jelinski, claiming to be from the agency, to which Gomez says, the agency? But they said no one else was available. They suggested a Doberman. <laughs> is that the little critter? No, this is our baby. <laughs> and she said, she says she definitely is an homicidal maniac. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, then uh, possibly... One of the funniest gags in the film, Morticia and Gomez are telling Debbie the names they went through for the baby, Lucifer, Benito, Mao. Then we came to our senses. Something simple. Something a child could live with. Pubert! <laughs> Which was apparently what Charles Adams wanted to call Pugsley mm. originally, and the New yeah. Yorker told him he couldn't. Oh, because it was too much for the time, was it? I think it's a bit, yeah, probably. Okay. So that's weird. It's mm. just a stage of adolescence. Do you want to know how they got Pubert to crawl right where they needed him to crawl? Oh, well, it... I tell you what, like, I'm glad you're going to tell me this because there's a shot right at the end where it's a fucking robot baby and it's like, why don't you just get the real baby to do it? I don't, I, actually, I don't know. But isn't it, but isn't, he's crawling, the robot baby's crawling when something gives way behind him, like the floor gives way. It's terrifying. It's, yeah, there's a stunt going on around it, so obviously they're using a robot. Okay. Yeah. I'm worried about They're not about allowed you. to put babies in danger. I didn't actually notice. I just saw a baby crawling out of a room and I was obsessed with it. I was like, is that a robot baby? No. Look how scary that P- is. Putting babies in danger is a big no-no. Mm. In, in, on movie sets and, and in real life. Yeah. I did wonder, though, because <laughs> at one point, Pubert, the real baby... I didn't think I'd need to say it. ...is on top of the stairs. Mm. And is, the pu- is Pubert's <sighs> handler... You've just got lucky so far. It feels like <laughs> it sometimes. So many near misses. We do end up in A&E quite a lot. Oh. Yeah, you do. We do, <laughs> but it's a numbers game, isn't it? Like there's three of them. Like I always say. So Pubert's handler. Your handler, yeah. Handler. Pubert's handler. When the when Pubert's at the top of the staircase, wrangler. Wrangler. <laughs> wrangler. It's a real big staircase, and it's like the, the baby. It's very. It's a very young. They're very the twins, aren't they? And the the actors, the baby actors, mm. are twins. They're very young, and they could fall down those stairs. I did want to see. I was thinking as a concerned parent. Uh, they, I don't know whether you'll be able to tell me. I don't know if you've ever used this uh, for for uh, shits and giggles. Uh, Go on at home. Uh, they tied uh, Cheerios to strings and to get it to move. To get it to move like yeah. a dog. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, that would work on me. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's brilliant. Mm. <sighs> These Adams men. Where do you find them? It needs to be damp. Every single line is gold. It's brilliant. Uh, I, I, I love it. 
Uh, oh, Fester, I hope that one day you'll know the indescribable joy of having children and paying someone else to raise <laughs> it's them. so good. It's such a dig. Yeah, I decided uh, to try and outdo Chris quoting Monday's movie by just referencing every quote that moves the plot on in some way okay. throughout this film. Just so we know. There's a joke coming up that you could explain to me because it's around this point. Mm. Fester and Gomez are in Fester's bedroom and it might be that point where he says about the joy, the indescribable joy thing. Mm. And... The, Fester's got a magazine. Oh my god! So it's like a porn mag or something. Yeah. And then they say, "Mom." The joke. The joke. But yeah, it's one of, it's one of the moments. Remember, I said this on Monday, where the script goes for a gag without thinking of how much damage it does to yeah. your image of the family. So I do, obviously don't remember that from when I was a child. But mm. this time, I was like, "Oh, I don't like that." Overall, I think Paul Rudnick's script in this movie is better than the work he did on the script on the first movie. I do think. Pound for pound, this is a funnier script. But that is one of a couple of examples where, like I said, I just think it's like you thought that was funny mm. and you didn't think about the bigger picture because... Yeah, the kids that are watching it, maybe. Well, not, not even just that, but we've as we established on Monday, we love the Adams family. They're a beautiful unit for all their flaws and foibles and everything. But you just can't imagine. That sort of feels like a, a taking that gag too far yeah. or, that, or undoing that. And also, York, it's, it's like one for the grown-ups. Like good kids' films have got one for the grown-ups as well. Mm. But the grown-ups that love this film aren't looking for that sort of humour, I think, from no. this family. That makes sense. No. There's another joke about that hasn't aged very well, but like Fester wants a woman and Gomez says, oh, one that won't press charges this time. And it's like, oh, that's, that's a strange thing to think about. Yep. It's good. Uh, also, I'm, I I always find the the uh, the sexy girl in the cake who was going to burst out of the stag oh, do yeah. who's been cooked. That yeah. always makes me feel. And is there a job? But again, these a bad taste in my mouth. As we're eating that cake, uh-huh, yeah. Um, I maybe I may have overreached and misinterpreted something but is there a joke about Fester no like knowing physical love and his brother says apart from with thing did you see that joke oh I missed that one did you see it am I just have I done that thing I, I mean I know, did like, write down you need to you have reaching? a you need to have a, <laughs> a round you, you need see to, I was thinking was, oh god that's so Freudian I, I'm, I'm I, one of my changes could be you need to have a thing wanking someone off joke wow I think it's in there Chris I'm so, so, so sorry yeah yeah that. yeah I mean he gets sucked he gets sucked off, doesn't he? Thing. Uh, he gets his. Oh yeah. Finger sucked. Yeah, yeah. but he that's is, all he's got. He though. Is fingers. Yeah. He's all fingers, he mate. Fingers. But I mean, if they if they have the same sensitivity as a, a, a what? You know, a growth. A... <laughs> <laughs> when did you call it a growth? No, I called I mean, it a length. A length. That's yeah, it. That yeah. still makes me laugh. Oh, because God. it makes me think of it going. Bang! Like which, that, like, which mine which, does. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on those old wooden like rulers. Lead, you know, yeah. not like a lead block. Oh, not like a balloon popping. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Uh, right then. Uh, so, anyway, we find out that Debbie Jelinski's the Black Widow. She's going to marry a murder fester for his money. Wednesday's onto her, disguised as wallpaper. Uh, so. Debbie has the kids shipped off to Camp Chippewa in one of the film's most inspired decisions, a camp for privileged young adults. They meet Amanda Buckman, who definitely was the, the scout girl yeah. from, uh, from yeah. Monday's. Yeah, no, go with that. That, yeah. I'm sort of really leaning into your theory, Chris, that this is a shared universe. Mm. Hot yeah. take. Mm. Mm. Even, even if you look closely at the titles, there are similarities. <laughs> no, they're the men in black titles. <laughs> You're but let's, let's welcome two very wonderful additions to the Adam universe, which is Peter McNichol and Christine Berinsky as Gary Granger and Becky Martin Granger. <laughs> They're great. I was sold the minute they did that jump and clap yeah. at the start. Uh, Peter Nichol, obviously, I, rec- I recognised when I watched this from... Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. 
Here's Vigo. <laughs> you are like the buzzing of flies to him. I can't unsee. You know what I'm like for Ghostbusters. I, I, I love him in this, but it's hard for me to unsee Ghostbusters too. Yeah, well, well, while we're on the 90s uh, female-led comedy dramas, Ali McBeal, he was in that, wasn't he? Oh, my he? God, of course. Mm, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched an episode of that once. Did you? Yeah. Woman fell out of a skyscraper <laughs> and died. It's not what I expected at all. You should watch Third Rock from the Sun. It's <laughs> in that. <laughs> right, uh, where are we? Uh, so, uh, we get... This movie's version of the Mamushka, which is where Gomez and Tish dance at the restaurant. I think it's better. Uh, this is some of my favourite Festa stuff in both movies. <laughs> the breadsticks. Just, oh God, just yeah. the visual image <laughs> of, of the, the breadsticks. Nose. Going up, coming out, going up it's again. It's the bit where he doesn't expect it to turn back and he's just sort of sitting forlorn, <laughs> holding the breadsticks after his first attempt. And then she turns back and he oh, can't get them in quick enough. He's trying to get them in and she then turns back and he's like, oh, I missed my window. It's, it's just such good character work for Festa. Uh, honestly, genuinely, I, I, with this movie, like the holy trinity of the writing, the direction, the performances, it's almost perfect. It's so good. So, we've got these two stories uh, running parallel, vaguely linked. Uh, Festa gets engaged. Uh, I'm prepared to make the ultimate sacrifice. A goat. <laughs> <laughs> but do you, do you mean in terms of the whether Thing was helping Festa downstairs? That's what I it, it, heard. It's, it, it's, 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 do you mean the moment where Deb tells Festa she's a virgin and Festa's got no idea what that is and then he says, oh, you mean with another person? No, that, 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 that reinforced the joke, so I, I recognise that. But then I'd heard a joke earlier where his brother says to him something about Thing helping okay. him out. Fair enough. What is it that you heard Thing? Because I, I can't remember, so I'm interested to know. So he says, what's the line? I can't remember. That's just, I can't remember. I thought you might, like... It's something about... You oh you wait till you find the, the indescribable joy of knowing a woman in that way or something and the thing with thing doesn't count. Okay, that's something like that. Fair and enough. It won't be the thing with thing because that's poor does, writing. Does thing wank off? <laughs> I can't put that. In. My computer belongs to work. I can't. Thing provides Uncle Fester with sexual release. I found a Reddit thread. You'll be pleased to hear. So Great. this might bring uh, confirmation to your inquiry. If you've seen Adam's Family Values, Uncle Fester falls for the erotic new nanny. Debbie love Reddit and gushes <laughs> about his lust to Gomez with the following dialogue. Uncle Fester, I have needs. Gomez, there's Thing. Thing shudders, to which Fester retorts, he needs to be more like a head and body. Uh, The implication being that Thing does something for him beyond companionship. Yes, that's, that's the scene. Okay. Near the end of the film, Thing even saves Fester, suggesting a strong family bond or perhaps something a little more, <laughs> as Thing is capable of feelings like love and lust, mm. seeing as earlier Debbie made him shudder with desire. If it's obvious, it's one of those things that went over my head as a kid. Okay. At the end, I guess they're impl- implying that he's missing Fester's Fester. Mm. <laughs> just let that one just <laughs> sit there they for can't, a while. Or, They can't all be gold. No, I think I forgot to take a break on this show. You did. Shall we take one now? Mm, probably a bit late. All right, fine. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves 
without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Uh, right, uh, Kate Girl cooked to death, covered that. Wednesday in Pugsley, gets sent to the Harmony Hut. We've covered this weird picture of Michael Jackson's Heal the World, which uh, scares the life out of Joel, because mm. they've met up with Joel now, mm. other than yeah. camp kids. Uh, yeah, because Joel, Joel's dad in the script was described as pathetic, shy, pale and allergic. Mm. And so Scott Rudin insisted that Barry Sonnenfeld played him. <laughs> <laughs> Scott yeah. Rudin. Fucking bullies. Cousin It hosts the wedding and then Festa and Debbie are off on their Hawaii honeymoon and she (laughs) fails to kill him for the first time. So instead uses sex to subjugate him. And it works. Yeah. It works. Yeah. I mean, she's got some strange dialogue here, hasn't hasn't she? She she says if if they do it, he can never see his family again Mm. because... If she pictures them in their lives, she can't achieve orgasm. Is basically what she says without saying that. She does more. She does say she says I can't achieve, and that's and the, she goes dot dot dot. Yeah, but she doesn't say orgasm. That's sort of it's just like that's. And then she's touching him. Like this is what I didn't like. It felt too risque. Her sort of. Well, she's touching him. We don't see where she's touching yeah. him, but he starts basically mm. orgasming he himself. Face, yeah. And it's like, oh, I, I agree with you. I don't. I don't need to think about them coming. Jesus! Christ. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, nothing. No, no, it's fine. Of course, you should be able to use that language. Sorry, I just wasn't. Ex- I was in a different headspace. That's. Thank you for being honest. I just, I don't Sometimes know. you make it feel like therapy. <laughs> well done, Chris. That was great. You said coming. This How does that feel? This is a safe space. It's not. <laughs> uh, I like yeah. after the wedding, um, Puber 
having a hangover and wearing sunglasses and need, <laughs> needing hair of the dog. Yeah. I, this, oh. The idea of a drunk baby makes me laugh. It's... Would you have liked to... I would have liked to... You know, this is because I like a wedding comedy. Mm. When they're like, we're engaged and then it's almost straight we're at a wedding and I like build up to weddings. I like... Because you get the stag do, but I would have liked the head right do. Right well, it's... <laughs> You're funny. It's like, what, it's like what I said in the first film, though. You've got this opportunity with all the extended Adams family. Yeah. You can have real fun with all these other creatures showing up mm. and being weird. Absolutely. Uh, do you know what the cocktail was, the hangover cure that Gomez was making? It's a prairie oyster. Yeah, I yeah. thought you'd know. I wrote down. I bet you know this. I've never drunk one, though. I couldn't. So <laughs> just to it. clarify, a prairie oyster is vodka, raw eggs, not often egg yolk, and hot sauce. Um, <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. I can't. I can't. It's, called, people? it's called a prairie oyster because it has the, uh, the, the, the sensation texture, yeah. mm, of uh, swallowing an oyster. <laughs> I'd go for that. Would you? No. <laughs> All right, that's what we're doing. We're going to Waterloo straight after this, and you're having one of them. <laughs> and then going down a slide. Uh, yeah. Uh, the fun factory are, are full of full of prairie oysters. I'm in. What's it called again? Brewdog Waterloo. It's just called Brewdog. It's probably not, but it also might be. Yeah, yeah, but you're absolutely right, Chris. That that whole that that gag works three times because first of all, you think, wow, that's something Gomez is having for breakfast. Then it's like, oh, he's giving it to the baby, and then you realise it's a hangover cure. It's just yeah. good. Rule of three. Rule of three. Uh, Fester and Debbie, you return from Hawaii. Uh, Ian Abercrombie, I recognised him, the driver. He's like barely in it for a second. He's, a, he's got just such a memorable face. I think he's in Army of Darkness and Seinfeld anyway. He's driving a hearse. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, back at camp, uh, Joel Wednesday and Pugsley compare serial killer trading cards does anyone remember Amanda Fisher? Amy Fisher. Amy, Amy Fisher, sorry. I had to, no, so yeah. I had to look it up because I didn't, there's a few, there's been now a few more moments in this film which I haven't enjoyed because I've been taken out of the film. So I've been taken out of like the love that you feel for the family with those sort of sexual overtones. And then it felt like, uh, well, it's a joke I didn't get because I don't well, know who Amy Fisher is. Well, it's basically, it's so, oh, it's, it's one of those g- gags that aged probably within yeah. two years. She was in the news, she was called the Long Island Lolita. Mm. I read about her, and yeah, it's I, yeah, I don't know the Drew, Drew Barrymore played her in a movie. Oh, did you? Oh. Yeah, yeah. There were there were two. There were like it was one of those cases where there were two warring Amy Fisher movies came out at the same time. TV movies, but um, but yeah. Why have we not clashed them? Yeah, we, we could do. do. It was, I, I, re- I always remember the guy that she uh, that the boyfriend that she attacked was uh, Joey Buttafuoco. Yeah. Mm. No, she didn't attack him. It was the wife ah, okay. of Joey Buttafuoco, Mary Jo Buttafuoco, who uh, she attacked uh, because uh, she was apparently having an affair with Joey Buttafuoco. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'll never get tired of saying that. No, name. no. And then she went to Paul. She did. Yeah. 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 Why not? And why not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I don't. When you t- you know you say like we've talked about when Spoof does it and it's fine because they're meant to have a really short shelf life and so it's okay. But in, in a film like this. Because I've loved it for such a long time, I was just disappointed to see a joke that dated it so quickly. Mm. And also, I, I didn't understand then, and I don't understand now, and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. Some of the jokes and the music date this film. It's very US market specific, just to get into some more, <laughs> into mm. the granularity of it. In the UK, we don't really get that, do we? No. No, no we don't. We're left out of that conversation. Yeah. I hate that. I hate it. I bet you do. (laughs) I'm left out of a conversation. (laughs) Shut up, you. (laughs) Uh, But it's not actually the button. It's not like the final gag because obviously they find the Black Widow card and they know Fester is in danger. 
There's a bit that felt uncomfortable now, uh, where the Grangers are casting the play and go through all the popular kids and getting the names wrong. I guess it's kind of accurate and it fits with this sort of white privileged yeah. camp that they're at. It's difficult it though sits because badly though, yeah, it I, felt wrong in the film. I've read since that he the, the the suggestion was that these people are awful. They're so racist they they can't even pronounce someone mm. foreign's name. But it doesn't come off that way in the film. It feels like we're laughing at the kid almost. Yeah, definitely. And so. Because you're not supposed to like a Becky and I've forgotten his name, but you, that's fine. You already don't like them, mm. so you don't need to be like, oh, and also they're also racist, hooray! Mm. Like we, that's another reason to not like them. It just it felt it just feels really off. Mm. Yeah, yeah, odd moment because. Yeah, I mean, you aren't meant to like them, but you're meant to be able to laugh with them. Yeah. Uh, not laugh with them, laugh at them. And this is sort of not funny. No. Uh, Wednesday's face is hilarious, though, when she's cast as Pocahontas. Yeah. And she just sticks her head up behind from behind <laughs> the bleachers. Just utter shock on her face, because you've never seen Wednesday look shocked before. Yep. We see another great face coming up in a moment as well. Um Debbie won't let Fester see his family still. Uh, he's under a spell because of sex. He's actually the one going, go away, leave me alone, because he's <laughs> loving sex. She's, what happens? What happens? Just a warning, kids. Yeah, you just, are going to love it. Yeah. The freedoms you think you have now, just wait <laughs> wait for that sex to hit. 15-year-old me was, was jealous of Fester. Right. It, lo- it looked brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> She's brilliant. Just do, just so brilliant. do, do what you will, then. Sex brilliant. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, just clarify for me why doesn't she want. I couldn't work out. I wrote it down and then I think I know what the answer is, but I just want to check. She doesn't want. F- she doesn't want Fester to see his family again because they'll work out that what she's got his money now clearly because she's got this house so he's providing her with all this money mm. so she's they're, win, they're that, winning back okay they're winning back Fine. because they because she can see that they all love each other so much so she's got to keep him to herself yeah got you got you uh, and Nathan Lane Cameo. <laughs> Soon to be world famous Nathan Lane. Uh, he would go on to play Gomez in the Broadway musical production of The Adams Family, though. But nice. uh, yes, uh, that's a, a big old Nathan Lane cameo. How'd they get him? Um, <laughs> Wednesday, Pugsley and Joel try and escape, but then they get brainwashed by Disney films. Or as Joel calls them, Disney films. They're not all Disney films. No, not no. are they? No, no, no. Sound of Music, Brady, Brady Bunch, Annie. Annie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but they're transformed and Wednesday's smile so good give that girl an Oscar (laughs) yeah she's scaring me (laughs) it's wonderful Uh, so uh, Fester's absence here we go just a a curveball Fester's absence has made pubert cherubic I don't yeah I don't like this because it's a it's a clock for the sake of it like Mm. if we don't get our brother back the baby will turn but you already want your brother back. I suppose maybe they were conscious of it. it's too close to the first film, which is, are you my brother or are you not my brother? <laughs> so they put a false clock on it. Yeah. You're Mr. Debbie. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, fine. I get that. But doesn't doesn't Gomez say something like, I'm worried he's going to become a lawyer? Isn't Gomez a lawyer? I swear Gomez was a lawyer. I mean, going back to the original TV series. God, I don't know. No. I mean, you were fans of the TV series. The one series. that I loved I loved and watched every the week. The ones that you two just wouldn't shut up about <laughs> on Monday's episode. thought Gomez was a lawyer. Can you, uh, yes, can you Can you confirm yeah. or deny? Yeah, I can confirm. Tully. Tully. They were in business together. <laughs> Tully's a lawyer. Yeah, say Tully another time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, we get the crowning glory of Camp Chippewa. 
Gary's vision. <laughs> oh, uh, first of all, the song "Eat Me." <laughs> yes, yeah. Okay, you've seen the movie Creep, that. Right, a bit more uncomfortable casual racism from Amanda Buckman's parents this time, which is the same, it gives me the same feel as uh, when the Grangers uh, did it earlier. But then, Wednesday going off script, her speech and ending with, I've decided to scalp you and burn your village to the (laughs) ground. This just, this play, the play that goes wrong... Joel's parents are there, like you said, played by Barry Sonnenfeld. It's just, I just love it. Uh, we see Debbie having a great t- time in a, a bar with lots of God, sailors. I love that scene. Yeah. It's mad. Macho man. Macho <laughs> yeah. man. Because she's going and she's waiting for it. But they must, like, what can we show Debbie doing? You don't have to show her doing anything, to be honest. She can just be sitting there mm. waiting for the house to blow up. Let's put her in a bar full of sailors. It's ju- the, the, the joke itself, though, is like you think, oh, wow, they're all singing at Debbie because she's voluptuous and gorgeous and sitting on this bar, lording it over them. And then the minute that she's gone, they just immediately this is another woman an older woman walks by yeah. and they start they pick they pick her up and start doing it to her and yeah. it's a weird song choice isn't it Macho Man yeah. by the village people exactly. it would suggest yeah. they wouldn't be interested in these women oh well I thought maybe she's got you know a woman like that might go down brilliantly in a gay bar kind of thing uh, and I thought it was that but then I don't know if that might be a bit too much for the times you know the sort of early 90s whatever mm. but it still works if you think either way and a cameo from Tony Shalhoub <laughs> yes <laughs> and none cameo yeah, the soon nothing. to be famous yeah. Tony Shalhoub yeah, Star of upcoming series twenty years later, Monk uh, Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, I mean this 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 movie is literally chock full cameos of cameos, cameos all, isn't it? I mean, after the success of the first film, why wouldn't all these big stars <laughs> want to join the Adams family party? Mad, mad. David Hyde Pierce. Wow. Uh, right. She blows Fester up, uh, and then it's very. In that, I think I've seen this game before, but it's very funny. Help! Help! saying it very quietly. <laughs> uh, uh, but he survived because he's an Adams and you just can't kill him, which makes the end of the movie seem ridiculous that she's got them all strapped in these chairs. And mm. um, We've talked about this structurally. Isn't it amazing how many movies, regardless of what the freaking movie is, puts a car chase in at exactly the same time, yeah. same point in the structure. So sure, we've got a car chase here. I guess we had that in the first film. Yeah, yeah. we did. Yeah, It's the same. It's, yeah. Every movie requires a car chase. So if you're ever writing a movie, make Don't sure you've got forget- the car chase. Yeah. We won't run. Yep, we did. <laughs> of course we did. Literally did. <laughs> at this point yeah. in the film. Because I said, oh, we, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we, right. we need one there. Because yeah. he said you have to. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to, to the airport. <laughs> oh, no, I do like that. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, yeah, I knew yeah. I'd get around. You did like it. Yeah. I, I, love a, I love a race to the yeah, airport. Exactly. Yeah, it's got everything. In fact, it's almost too familiar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Uh, like this. <laughs> this got made. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But this is a sequel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you, maybe we so, think, no, it's a shared universe. Yeah, we change, change the title to Adam's Family 3. Uh, right, Wednesday's Kiss uh, with fellow Camp Chippewa camper Joel. Does it happen here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it happens here. I thought it did. Um, uh, this is play, played by Dave uh, Crumholtz. This was his first on-screen kiss, uh, and it, as it was for Christina Ritchie. And he said, I was nervous about it. I hadn't kissed two minutes so it was her first 
on-screen kiss. I was no, no both their first on-screen kisses. <laughs> Spit it's it not out, even mate. a great story. <laughs> that's that's the line. That's the punchline. That's what she said. Uh-huh. She said, "Spit it out, mate," because he put his tongue in. <laughs> what amazing! No, that's not. It. That's not it. Uh, he said, "I hadn't kissed too many girls. Period." So it's one of my first kisses. If you look at it, it's like we touched lips. It's very, very innocent. But I remember Christina complaining that I had peach fuzz on my upper lip. She didn't like that, and it made me really self-conscious. Oh, come on, Richie, sort it out. Uh, so, the family are all in electric chairs. We get a truly wonderful villain speech. It's mm. so good. From Debbie Jelinski. It makes about... no sense, and it doesn't quite qualify as Act 3 has mm. begun, but it's still brilliant. It's a speech uh, combined with a PowerPoint it's presentation. It's a PowerPoint presentation, which I normally hate. I all love this. Malibu Barbie. Uh, so this is uh, from uh, uh, Rudnick. Uh, he says of this, uh, Joan Cusack is just bliss as Debbie. I was on the set the day we were shooting that monologue, and she's talking about Malibu Barbie. People were stuffing paper cups in their mouths to stop themselves laughing <laughs> because Joan was sublime. Watching her is a gift. <laughs> Don't I deserve love and jewellery? <laughs> <laughs> and we get this Rube Goldberg style ending. The roller skate. See, it does it does uh, tickets boxes. We get the roller skate coming back. The mm. thing was on at the start that mm. seemed a little bit pointless, like they were going, yeah. look, he's better this, yeah, that's better what this I time. The CGI's fixed. I think it was that. And then they were like, stick the baby on it at the end as well. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Debbie gets fried, which is pretty dark, but uh, fitting because she's a murderer. And then Joel says that line I mentioned at the start. She says to Wednesday, your family's really interesting. Your parents are so involved with each other, which I just think is a wonderful, mm. wonderful line. Such a grown up thing to say. I just I'm confused by the end, the, the very end beat. Which so, is, so he me. says to her, oh, would you ever think about getting married? And she says, oh, something like, oh, I'd pity my husband or I'd scare him to death. And he's and he, they, they're really cute together. And I love this romance and that she's quite nervous and he's quite nervous and whatever. Um, and then and they talk back to each other. So she says, I'd scare my husband to death. And he goes, no, you wouldn't, which is nice. Mm. And then he goes to Debbie's grave and weirdly apologises to Debbie. And then a hand shoots up through the soil. And that's the last shot of the film, and it's mm. like, what's this? Well, it's yeah. because she's got a sense of humor. It's what it, she's not. Get, she's not changed just because she's in love. Wednesday is still oh, hilarious. Okay. It's not a real hand. It's a prank that Wednesday is set yeah. up. Yeah, but does that mean the whole film, the emotional beat of the final scene, is so important? Even if you're not got your eye on an, the third part, is the whole point of the film that Wednesday has grown up and got a boyfriend? Great question, Chris. As she asked you. I know. Well, I, well, let's I, let's I, refer I, it back. So the point of the first <laughs> film, you get, you get. We would like a sequel, and this family is so happy that they're going to have a baby, and you're like, hooray! But this beat, you're like, oh, okay, cool. But I took it as like, you know, he was he signed up for a for relationship okay. for a relationship he, with an Adams. Well, he's dressed okay. as Gomez now. Yeah. Now, so <laughs> he's one of them now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so that, the last shot should just every be day. the hand comes up. He's scared. You pull back. Wednesday's parents and brother are on the step and they're like, welcome to the family. And then they all go inside. Mm, That's that would the be better. Okay. That would be better. Great. That's my change. And what's your change, Chris? <laughs> we've just jumped a bit. but uh, <laughs> it's, it's not quite the end of the film, though, because then we've got um, tag team doing whoop. There it is. Adam's family. Yes. How much did they get paid? Tag team, we want you to do the theme song. We've just lost Jacko. We want you to do the theme tune. Here's half a million pounds. And they just re-record, <laughs> whoop, there it is, but add the name Adams into it. Yeah. That is easy money, isn't it? <laughs> when you've got a hit, you've got a hit, Chris. <laughs> and when the, when the when the producers heard it, surely they're like, oh, maybe we'll push, we'll just use the... 
<laughs> you know? <laughs> we can. <laughs> and and everyone loves still, it. We've still got it. Yeah. I mean, you. what you want to do is you want to do the uh, you want to do the rant that I did about the A-Team theme, but about the Adams Family. I know, theme, I should, you know? shouldn't I? So, oh, if he okay. wants to be famous. Big on you, big on, big on TikTok. You want to be big on TikTok. It's, it's absolutely huge. Is it blowing up? Uh, my life has changed. Has it? Yeah. Yeah, the endorsement. Are you very wealthy now? <laughs> Wealthier than I was, yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, it's been pretty good. I just thought you'd have taken this opportunity, Chris, because if you're passionate about it, you know, there's money to be made. <laughs> right then, uh, that is the end. I thought it was just a shit, uh, well, not a shit, but just a, a, a carry gag that they were like. Well, I thought it was end. as well. Oh, okay. Mm. I think uh, that's all it is. No, okay. Yeah. But also, I didn't understand why Jerry was laying flowers at Deb's grave. Because she's still a human, Chris. She's just a, she was a difficult what, person. What interactions was... has Jerry had with Deb? Is her name, is... Joel. Joel. Joel, sorry. Sorry. I called him Jerry all the way through my notes. Oh. Uh, he's had none. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. The answer is none. Okay. That's the first time we've ever met. So that's why. It's a weird beat, yes. isn't it? Yeah, we're agreed. We're agreed. Um, Good. Before we do the bits, though, mm. everything comes full circle this month. Because a new TV series called Wednesday is launching on Netflix and it's directed by Tim Burton, who they wanted for the original movie. Yeah. And it stars Christina Ricci as... I'm not allowed to say. I don't know if they've, if they've announced it yet. I've seen it, but I've signed something that says I'm not allowed to talk about it till mid-November. Well, you've just fucked that. <laughs> so... Uh, well, I will or won't look forward to that. No, based you can on... say. You can say. You can uh, say. I'm, I'm not saying it. it. Good. Yeah. yeah, look forward to it. I haven't signed anything. Didn't this come up recently? This was a massive issue online where someone took someone and they, the person who'd been invited, brought a plus one, and the person who'd gone to a Disney screening. It was like I can't remember. It was one of the recent Disney movies, one of the big releases. He basically was invited to a Disney screening as a plus one, and because his the person who took him had signed an NDA, mm-hmm. but no one put one in front of him. So he went off the following day and went, I'm going to talk all about it. And then was like, and uh, what have you got a problem with? I didn't sign an NDA and it was all a big hoo-ha because mm. it's like, well, kind of if you go with someone who has, the same rule yep. applies, but did you sign it? No. <laughs> anyway. All right, then let's do the bits. Uh, so what's your best scene, Vicky? Uh, Wednesday's speech during the play. What's bit? What bit particularly? Well, a bit. So I said this to you last week. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm saying that and I haven't revisited the film and maybe I won't feel as strongly about it. But her talking about, oh, you know, in years to come, my people, which is a little bit indelicate because she's not an Indigenous person, but whatever, like, just skipping over that for a second. And talking about the colonialism, colonialization. Mm. Um, that's the very first time I'd ever heard. I'm even saying an alternative narrative is disrespectful because it's not an alternative narrative. I just had no idea. I was 12 and I thought... That the pilgrims went over there and it was a case of like few teething problems, but essentially everything was fine. And I had no idea. And that profoundly affected me because I was like, oh, there are other versions of history that maybe I'm not being exposed to. And then I sought them out. No, I didn't. I just forgot about that for years. Uh, but isn't it amazing that a, a kid's movie could be like, oh my God, okay. You you could, could you actually pinpoint that moment as the moment that you gained this inquisitive mind of yours? <laughs> Because I was a dummy till I was 12. <laughs> I'm just, no, not at all. I'm surprised you knew about the Pilgrim story in Thanksgiving at 12 years old. Yeah, but only the the basics, which is... I, I didn't do that at school. No, I just, it's just from telly and films and stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Pocahontas, but probably. Probably. <laughs> yeah, which is why I thought it was basically fine. Yep. So I love that. I mean, but also, bear in mind, when I was 12 and watched the film, the scene it worked for me on all those levels, but you could come away from it going, well, that's actually quite serious and maybe it wasn't fun, but it is a very well-directed and it's a very funny scene. And that final shot where she's being like rolled through the waters, that's just so... And it's like the 
shimmer of the haze of the fire. Mm. That's so good. Yeah, looks great. Apparently, they had to add that scene of Puba flying past Amanda's plane because the studio was worried that people would have thought that she's actually killed Amanda. Yeah. In this scene. I think it was oh, a smart move. Oh, yeah. Okay. I do think it was a smart yeah. move because I... It, I would have liked it if she'd killed her. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. What's your best scene then? Um, well, it's the same, obviously. Yeah, it's the, it's the right. stage show from the first film. Yeah. <laughs> the stage show. It's just the same scene. 100%. I guess yeah. when she when she starts, when they start pouring the gasoline is when I'm really into it. Yeah. It's nice of the... the it's the, another level. The bullied kids, the, the, the kids, the unpopular kids rising up and winning the day and sort of... Wednesday uh, leading them to victory. I think it's it's bigger. It's better than the play in the first film. In my opinion, what's your most valuable whatever, Chris? I am going... I've got two here and I'm going to... I reckon one of you is going to pick the other one. So I'm going to say Pubert. <laughs> Pubert, I just thought was phenomenal and i can't i can't get enough of that baby they're so happy those babies oh, a ba- well if you put a mustache on a baby they they do tend to be happy <laughs> they'll do anything you want they'll do anything yep. for cheerios yep. put a mustache and cheerios on fishing wire Just so many scenes of people trying to kill a baby i loved it it's the next live show when we do another live show we're gonna get a baby put a little tash on it get some cheerios on fishing wire you're gonna see that baby do things you've never seen a baby do before yep great uh, it's Joan Cusack, yes. though. Yep. So I, I really wanted to give it at least once to Christopher Lloyd, and it would be this time rather than last time, but she's too good. There you go. Fine. She's fine. Good. She's absolutely amazing. Uh, mine is the line that I'm mentioning for the final time now. Your family is really interesting. Your parents are so involved with each other. It was that moment that I sort of went back and thought about exactly how I felt about the Adams family. And obviously, we talked about Tish and um, Gomez's relationship, but. I touched on it on Monday. I just, I'm almost jealous watching them because. I'm jealous. I can admit that. Honestly, they just seem like such a brilliant family who are all so great together, respect each other, content playing their games when it comes to scenes. When even the editing, you'll sort of join a scene and Gomez will be throwing knives with Lurch at a dartboard. And it's like they're all entertaining themselves all the time, quite happy in their own company, happy in each other's company. So, yeah, I just think both films. Capture that wonderful thing of a family that enjoy each other. (laughs) And I love that about it. So, yeah, that's mine. Uh, But really, Christopher Lloyd is Fester. So, uh, what's your change, Chris? Um, I'd be interested. I always, I I mean, this is a change I have a lot of the time. I'd be interested to watch a version of this film where you shift Deb's reveal to later in the movie. So, rather than have have the the pilot from Airplane tell us on the telly that she's there to kill mm. him. Because um, I always like finding about these things a bit later, but maybe it's not. it doesn't work in a comedy. So uh, my actual change... Um, An actual cameo that I didn't include. <laughs> <laughs> the, re- the one real cameo, and I skipped over it. Um, I'd have them go to Camp Custer rather than Camp Chippewa, because I think it doesn't matter what the camp is or where it is for them to do a Pocahontas pageant. And you've set Camp Custer up in the first film. <clears throat> and I think you could have some fun with some stuff that Gomez and Festa might have left behind, mm-hmm. things they've buried, things they've done. I think you could have fun drawing parallels and maybe having... Because I really would love to see flashbacks to Festa oh, yeah. and Gomez running around causing trouble at camp. And so I just think I would connect it to the first film that way. Wasn't But wasn't Camp Custer Young Offenders, though? It was for bad Ooh, people. It was. It was. Yeah. To, so then Wednesday and Pugsley would be surrounded by their equivalents as opposed to nice yep. kids who yep. they could turn bad. All right. So uh, <clears throat> it's a terrible change. Get, get, get rid of it, Chris. 
<laughs> B. Uh, Dig us out of this hole. Okay, two things. Uh, the kids can't. The, the um, Pugsley and Wednesday try to escape and are stopped. But then Wednesday says to Joel, "Will you come to this wedding with me? I've got a pass. You can't just leave the camp and then go back again. You, you leave once, and that's it." Hundred percent. I've got the same thing. It's it's ridiculous because yeah, because they 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 just let out. And, yeah, then to to a and then, and then they, they go, go back. back. Yes, yeah. it's no good. Mm, nope. So Makes this is no a sense. tiny thing, and you know how much I love a makeover. When we first meet Debbie, she's in bright white, and then what I think should happen is, as she's ensconcing herself within the family, it should get sort of greyer and greyer and greyer to prove that she's trying to, she's you know, worming her way into their affections, so that when we get to the wedding, she's fully goth, just this amazing black wedding dress, and she's goth Debbie, and then the minute she gets to Hawaii, she's back in her pastels and her boobs and all the rest of it, because I wanted to see her in her finery, and I wanted her finery to not look like her, I wanted it mm. to be... This is amazing, sort of. I'm just going to say slutty goth, mm-hmm. and that's what I wanted. Say it, say yeah, it. say, say it. it again. Actually, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I like that. You love a makeover. I do. You just love a makeover. <laughs> yeah, mine's uh, the same as yours. I mean, I, I first of all, I take out the mum centerfold gag in the jazz mag. Um, <laughs> as no one says, <laughs> I like it in the jazz mag. <laughs> that's nice. Uh, yeah, it makes me feel uh, weird. It's a cheap gag, um, but yeah, it's it's just it makes no sense mm. that they, that they go that's there and back again, there and back again. Right then. That is Adam's Family Values. Ooh, I'm interested to see where it goes this week. Okay. It's time for... The verdict. No. Yes. Oh, yes. No. All right, so... Why did you jump? Both of you, both of you. Sh- unbelievable. Shut up. So Can we just... Wait, it's let's get it right. Please. Yeah. Please. All right. Yeah, go on. Don't go mess on. it up. I will. Okay, do it now. Thank you. <laughs> Are you looking at me? I'm no. looking down. <laughs> just do it. It's time for... It's time... Ver- t- <laughs> <laughs> One week you'll get it right. <laughs> You'll get it right eventually. It's time for the verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! Okay, great. So now you say it. Now, yep. No, I don't, do I? What? what? Oh, come on. It's you the know verdict. This. I don't, Three I, years. I have absolutely no idea. But it's I do know that verdict. these are my choices. Okay. <laughs> so I get to choose who goes first. That's right. correct, isn't it? Yes. So I think I know which way you were going, yep. Alex. So you go. Okay. Uh, this is very easy for me. So uh, well done. I'm picking it up. Uh, it made less money, but in my opinion, it's hands down the better film. Uh, no Easy feat when you show off all unique tricks with film number one in terms of how it looks and the way it's shot and the gags and the rest of it. But film two is just funnier and absolutely no shade on Elizabeth Elizabeth Wilson, uh, who is great as Abigail Craven slash Dr. Pinderschloss in the first movie. Joan Cusack is just simply a better villain and it does so much more with Wednesday and Pugsley and Camp Chippewa in this movie and they are fantastic, Wednesday especially. So it's Adam's Family Values. Okay. Excuse me, sorry. I'm going to go next if that's all right. Yeah. Because in the Adams family, I think the one-liners are better, although there's stiff competition. Uh, and the story is new. The imposter thing is new. In the sequel, the baddie is better, as you said, and the structure is better, even though Act 3 is still a little bit quick. Uh, the dance is better in the sequel, obviously, mm. but the original film ends properly with the pregnancy. All right, so here we go. The Thanksgiving pageant scene in Adams Family Values is incredible, but I think it makes you think the whole film is a better film than it actually is because the camp itself doesn't have a story engine much. So uh, that makes me think that Adam's Family 1 is a fuller experience because although it's patchy on story, it's just a more rounded experience. I don't feel that sense of lag or frustration, even though there is a sense of it a bit because 
we're t- waiting for the family to figure out that Fester is who he says he isn't. Uh, so therefore, Adam's Family, the original, is the better film. Oh, what a piece. So, Chris Tilly, it's over to you. Which way are you going to go? Which film is going to win, Values or the first film? I don't think either of these are actually films. Um, but Adam's Family Values, <laughs> this is going to be a first. Adam's Family Values Neither. is closer to being an actual film. And as we're a film podcast, I'm going for Adam's Family Values. Yes! Oh, dear. That makes up for the quiz on Monday. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad. Is that yeah. it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's funnier. <laughs> okay, good. It's okay. funnier. F- fuck it, someone's not really pulling their weight this week, it feels like. It's funnier. And is that it now? Yeah. All right, okay. <laughs> well done. Adam's family values. All the same people were involved in both. So <laughs> congratulations, everyone involved. Uh, so yes, Adam's family values is our winner this week. Don't Forget, though, you can have your say and tell us how right or wrong you think we got it when the listener poll goes up on Twitter at ClashPod. Interesting polls recently. Oh, really? Mm. From dusk till dawn. Slaughtered near dark. Did it? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the right movie one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's all. Uh, the listen poll online. I don't know. Chris hates me talking about it because, you know, he, he thinks that I attach too much weight to it, which I do when it goes my way. Right then. Uh, next week, the clue I gave on Monday was <clears throat> the cost of love is playing the game. So we are doing two Kevin Costner films with games slash sports (laughs) in so next week it's 1988's bill durham versus 1996's tin cup and i'm just what did you call the first one bill durham it's bull durham (laughs) (laughs) okay well that leads me nicely to this i've never seen either of these Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, but I just really wanted to see them. <laughs> I will add, though, if you're not into sport or sports movies, I don't feel like these, are, particularly uh, Bull Durham, uh, are real full-on sports movies. So I think you'll get something out of them, even if you hate sport. Okay. That's so the guy in the first one's called Bull Durham. No, no the team. The, the team's team. called Bull Dur- The Bull Durhams. Right. Okay. And, and he's Tom, not called Bill. And Tom Cup. Is that a <laughs> name? Actually, Tin Cup is his nickname. <laughs> right. Okay. I think I got it now. Sure. Either way, they're both available what? all sorts of different places. What they are? Yeah, yeah. They're both available to rent on Amazon, yeah. and you can rent Tin Cup on Sky, and you can sign up to MGM to get um for a week. That's what I've done to watch Bull Durham for free. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. So, uh, yeah. Good choices, Al. They're great choices. Thanks very much. <laughs> I'm thrilled uh, to be uh, hosting <laughs> next week's <laughs> Clash. Uh, right then. In the meantime, uh, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts Apple, Spotify, or other. Tell your friends about us. Do check out our brand new YouTube channel, Clash of the Titles. And uh, check in with us on Twitter whenever you want to have a chat at ClashPod. We'll be back next week talking Bull, Durham, and Tin. No, Tom. Wait, Tinker. Bye! Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. <laughs>